Hello, Zach. How are you? Another I'm Granby. Granby. Another Thursday. At least that's what sure. we make people believe. Or Friday. Maybe when we release it. Maybe, maybe it's Saturday. Maybe this was done last year. Maybe. You never know. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Uh, I want you to think about this for the next hmm, few days. Hmm. Over, over, under commercials with Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl. One and a half. Uh, I'll go. I'll take the over. Okay. I think if the line was at two, that would be uh, that would be a tough one. But uh, yeah, I'll take the over at one and a half. I wonder if there is a line for this. I mean, he's in a lot of commercials. I think it's actually the under. Yeah. Yeah. I maybe even zero. We'll see. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. Favorite day of the year coming up in a few days. So, well, a few days in a few days. Yeah. Today we have a repeat guest. Yeah. Who uh, is a woman with a purpose. Love so the t shirt says, That's Yeah. Shout out to my friend JT Taylor of Purpose Pushers. Okay. Oh, you didn't say that part before, so there you go. JT Taylor, Purpose Pushers. Yeah. I, I, I dig that. You know, I, I'm a big fan of um, shirts with attitude, if you will. Oh, well, then you'll love the one that says um, Captain Sage Ho. <laughs> I wore that one the other day. <laughs> there was a lot of... Uh, we were at an event together last night, Zach, and there was a lot of... The... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of attitude in terms of the the dress. It was a, it was a cool uh, hip vibe. I was I felt somewhat out of place because I I just don't feel like I was representing uh, as well as everyone else was. But it was a great event. We can change that, Tim. We can change that. Well, yeah. So it was, it was great to see you. Inward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was a lot of creatives there. It was it was it was cool uh, to be part of that. So. What was your what was your breakout topic? What, what did you end up talking about? This was. Ooh. Ooh, I, I had my questions. Um, actually, I can pull my questions up. But basically, we um, I picked. Can you guys still see me? Yep. Did I, OK. Um, so basically, we talked about I want to pull up my questions so that I can be accurate. But where are they at? Here we go. So the questions that I asked were, uh, yeah, they said that, well, so for me, I, they said that we could just go off and, uh, do our own. We didn't have to follow any questions. So then I, that's the, that's the path that I chose, but, um, I see. It was yeah. So I, I yeah, I was I kind of deviated a little bit too, um, but I did choose from two of the questions that they gave us just because I wanted to make sure that I had a direction because you know the breakout session was new. I didn't learn about the breakout session until like the day or two before. So I was like, okay, so this isn't a panel where I can choose to speak or not. I have to speak and I have to right, leave. right. 
cool, no problem, but I did not prepare for that. Still no problem. I love where this is going. So I went ahead and picked two questions and then just kind of curated them to fit how I wanted the conversation to go. Uh, so one of the questions I asked is what innovative remedy can entrepreneurs propose to support and uplift local and regional businesses through the use of technology? And if so, where do you start first? Um, and so we kind of went through a bunch of different um, ideas and things that we could, um, things that we can, I guess, kind of starting at the core, which is, okay, so what are the issues in this space to begin with? So we, you know, we, we said, well, networking and, um, you know, uh, what was another thing? Um, networking figuring out who the who's in the pyramid um what businesses are doing currently and just kind of curating all those things to get into okay so we have those things now let's let's narrow let's narrow down the focus so that it's um like how can we create i lost my train of thought um how can we create kind of a, a model for businesses to use with mm. technology involved? Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I was picking up what you were putting down. So like, yeah. what, were some, what were some of the responses? I, I thought that, um, so for my group, we just, I don't know, we just started just talking about uh, just the region as a whole and what the goals are uh, of where we want to go with the region. And yeah, I, there's... I, I, I find it, I don't know, I learn more from other people than I'm sure other people learn from me, but uh, I, I like to learn from other people. And it was a, it was a good conversation, but a lot of things that, uh, a lot of things came up just in terms of, you know, how do we deal with public transportation? Uh, you know, how do we do with, uh, deal with affordable housing? There's a lot of, a lot of different things we have to tackle in order to, uh, to continue to push the region forward. Right. So I, yeah, because I mean, and people, you know, I found that people were super passionate about a lot of these things yeah. and I felt it hit home for a lot of people. So I pulled up what I, like, I had a whiteboard. <laughs> we were like, Matt, yeah, you were, you were going to town on that thing. Oh man, it was so much fun. So, all right. So we talked about, um, as far as it pertains to, or pertaining to innovative remedies um, that entrepreneurs can, um, to support and uplift the businesses regional businesses and local businesses. Um, they mentioned collaboration and boundaries, um, celebrating differences, networking, and we needed to kind of like bring it all in because those were very fundamental things that we can do, um, but we needed to bring it in. So we talked about space activation, which is what we were doing yesterday at assembly. We were activating that space, bringing people together in a huge way. And that was like the best, thing that, you know, that we kind of came up with for, you know, innovating um, as far as the local businesses are concerned, even if it's a company that doesn't necessarily isn't kind of like out there, um, activating their space with open houses or bringing um, different, different dynamics into the space. So like merging the creatives with the technological um, aspect, that was like huge because I find that those communities actually cross paths 
a lot um, because you do need a creative you know, side in order to know kind of how to develop the technology. And then one thing that I really um, honed in on was understanding that we are first the technology. Um, before technology existed, we were the evolution. Um, you know, we so we have to understand that we are the brains behind the technology, and we cre we create the ideas. We come up with the ideas, and technology just curates those ideas. Whether it's AI or you know creating a new tool that is useful in business spaces or in um, you know residential everyday spaces, whatever that technology is, that um, we are the first technology that comes up with those solutions. Um, and then we build tools to kind of accommodate those, um, to kind of accommodate those ideas. Um, and then another thing we said was identifying the problem. So, which we did, um, and the problem is that there's not enough space activations or there's not enough um, merging of different um, diversities within, within the industries. Um, that can kind of cross like the creatives and the technology. That's that's a that's a that's a merging of diversity, right? Is like you're 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 diversifying this industry so that more people can tap into it and continue to expand it in a in a really amazing way. Um, and then circulate within the network. So a lot of the times we have these big tech companies and tech hubs coming into this space and we are not being used as the people to, like they're bringing outside entities to help build up these spaces, like the Amazon building that's coming um, to Virginia Beach at the ocean has a huge project. Um, one thing I do love about that project is they are looking for small local businesses who have a very well curated business um, in place. They're looking for those to work with those businesses um, at a really like amazing capacity. And so that is one, I, like that's one way to solve the problem of, um, okay, not so many, having so many outside entities coming in and doing the same thing that already exists here, but circulating within the network um, of resources that we already have. So one, it keeps the dollar tight here. Um, it, it, it helps our, our local businesses that already have those, um, that already has the capability to, um, to work on those projects, really like helping to collaborate with the different businesses and build like a, a circuit, um, a circuit of people who are already doing big things and who can already do um, solve the issues that are in place. Are y'all following me? Am I making sense? Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm curious, like, I'm, I've been trying to think like, what has it been, a couple of years since you were on the show last? Yeah, I, think I, I meant to look. Last year? Last year, I'm just I'm like curious in terms of like if if you've seen progress, or uh, you know, have you seen progress since we since you were last on the show, and and, and what does that trajectory look like for you, or is there's there still a lot of work to be done in this area? Yeah, progress. Um, I don't know because I my metric, how I measure progress, and how other people measure progress may be very different. So like Zach and I just had a conversation behind backstage where he was like, hey, thanks for not laughing on me about asking those questions, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, that's progress. My progress is, hey, you know what? 
I don't need to blast on you. I know that you're coming from a place of curiosity. I know that right. you are, like you just want to know what the next step is so that I can so that I can understand you a lot better or whatever. Like, you know? And so I think there's just like a mutual thing um between myself and the world where I'm just like, hey, I see progress as oh man, we're thinking about these things. That's progress. Even yeah. if you haven't necessarily acted yet, oh okay, we're thinking about these things. It's what's the what's the term? And I was I just had it in my head a week ago because I was using it nonstop. But it's the term where you're thinking about thinking. What is that? Paralysis by analysis? No. No. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's an adjective. Maybe that's um maybe that's a, a, synon- a um a synonym of the word, but it's <laughs> I can't, I can't even think of the word, but it's like thinking about thinking, right? And when I'm processing progress, I'm not thinking about how big the progress needs to be in order for me to say that it's progress. I'm thinking about, okay, so we reached that, that, that step in progress, that is progress, right? Yeah. Metacognition. Metacognition. Look at that. Wow. Didn't know that word existed Zach, until today. Zach, that might be your like the the greatest moment of show's history, right there. I mean, you uh, you wow. Uh, you can thank Google. <laughs> thank you, because I was not. I was. I was like, I can't. I can't. I can't Google this right now. I'm talking, but thank you. Dece- it looks yeah. like December of 21 is when you were on the show. Okay. Oh wow, that was so over two years, ago. 25 months ago. Wow. Wow. Still, according to some, deep in the heart of Coco, you know, so. Coco, you're the second person that calls it Coco. That's cute. No, no, no. I'm the first. Someone else stole it. Oh, see, you have to get on. Yeah, all right, cool. You, you got it. You got it. Um, so, yes, I've seen progress. Yesterday was progress. I mean, yep. yesterday, I'm not a tech genius. So, in that space, I had to really consider who I was. Who am I here? Who am I here in this space? Why am I here? What am I looking to do? What's the outcome? Like I'm running down all the processes of okay, love. This is who you are here in this space. You are the person who is like this is what everybody's doing. That's that are experts in this realm, and you are the person that wants to help other people who language you speak to understand why this is important or why these people are here today um, gathering. And I was I was glad to have such a diverse group of people in my breakout session because there was like a pottery girl who works with ceramics. Um, there was like a ton of developers. And then there were, you know, there was like a music manager and it's like, uh, you know, there was a um, band director. It was like everybody was so diverse, but they were there with one common um, goal, and that was to gain knowledge. Yeah. Right? And, like, so that's the, progress. Yeah, so, something that I used to talk a lot about. Love you were in it. Tim, obviously, heavily associated with it. And what I'm hearing out of this is, I think the old standard of stuff was, you know, the way you grow a community, the way that you, you know, see economic uh, impact is by going out there and what I would call whale hunting, where you're recruiting a big company to come into your city and it recruits jobs. 
And I used to flip flop that and say, well, instead of trying to, because someone was like, oh, well, all we need to do is, is recruit four companies with a thousand companies and that would fix the area. And I said, well, what if you flip flop that and you helped, you know, start and grow a thousand companies, get to four employees? You know, some of those would get to, you know, stay at four. Some of them would close. Some of them would get to 40. Some of them would get 400. Maybe some of them would be, you know, like the, the SVTs and the drone ups of the world and get really, really large, like the instant teams of the world. Right. And what I'm hearing now is like, there's a lot of these companies and Tim had said earlier before we pressed record that normally he knows about um, the overwhelming majority of people in a room last night, he only knew 5% of the people in a room. And so it's, it sounds like there are still, which is great, a ton of people that are interested, wanting to, to start, expand, grow, to meet, to network, to do all of these things in that in that sphere. And to to keep feeding off of that concept of it's okay to have a crap ton, a thousand four person businesses, you know, and to really celebrate that diversity of, of something that that is unique. I always thought that was a selling point in the region to be like, hey, like there is a lot of businesses that no one has ever heard of. And that's a good thing. But if we can celebrate them collectively, I heard a stat that Tim was trying to work on collectively last night. I don't want to steal his thunder and say it, but like it's like when you look at all these things together and say, well, there's a lot more than you think. And we embrace that and make that the thing. I think that can be very, very, very powerful. And it's not just, oh here's this big business that can afford this big, you know, this, um, um, this large building, put their, put their name on the side of it. You know, just because you don't have that doesn't mean that you're not successful. doesn't mean that you can't make an impact. doesn't mean that, um, people aren't seeing you. And, and I, and I think that that's a, that can be a powerful collection, a cornucopia of yeah. craziness. You know, I'm just over here, you know, thinking about my metacognition, you know, thinking about thinking. And uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. It's just like, hey, like that, that having that yeah. aspect of a bunch is a selling point. And yeah, I don't know if I, we've ever actually embraced that concept in that way. Well, but the thing it, that was cool like for me that. was that because um, generally I'm around more of the tech, the tech side of the house. So to see that many uh, on the creative side was really, really eye-opening and, and very cool because, uh, I, I knew that I, I certainly knew we had a creative side to Hampton roads, um, uh, but to get, to get a oh, firsthand sure. look at it, um, and a small, just, I'm sure that was just a small sampling. It was, it was really, really cool. And I hope that we can do more of that. And it's interesting because I was on the creative side but I also feel like I'm kind of in the middle of both the tech and the creatives because I more so would like to merge the worlds together versus being one or the other, right? And I think that's kind of the lane that a lot of people are driving in right now is they want an outlet for creativity and they also want to be able to identify um, specifically with something more than the other. And so we run into this, you know, into this like identity crisis where we're like, are we more creative or are we more? Well, you don't have to be either. You can just right. be interested in you can you can be a creative because there were some creatives on the tech side. And then I'm sure there were some tech people on the creative side. 
right? But they leaned more one way than the other because of their identity that other people see. You know, yeah, we don't need to box identity. them in. Huh? Don't need to box them in. Right. You don't need to box them in. And and that's like the, the um, Kiara was like, why do you have two name tags? I was like, because I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't make a decision. Yeah. I thought that that was really funny. Like, uh, I mean, like, what would you expect? Right. So they had a, a, the, the way it works, Zach, there was different colored name tags and each color represented the sector that you were in. And so there was a lot of crossover and like, um, so you had tech, creative, su support. Um, I don't even remember the other one. But in, in typical fashion, yeah. like. See, I wouldn't even you, know how to like categorize those things. I would think I'm all three of those things. Well, and right. And so like what happened was when you have like a bunch of disruptors in the room, you know, the, the, the thing that they did was they had three name tags representing all the colors that they felt that they oh, okay. represented. So there you go. Um, it was. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't take long for that to happen, which which was pretty neat. Raise the roof. And I actually think I was the first one to do it because uh, I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to choose one. I want all of them. <laughs> and then I saw one lady. She was like, I'm going to do that. She picked up like three name tags. I mean, you know, but we gave Kiara options. You know, when it came to yeah. having her pick which breakout room we were going to head up she you know she had options <laughs> but we, um, had, we had her on the show right tim a few weeks ago yeah yep so you know i didn't feel any shame around that i was just like okay you choose you are the facilitator of this yep. i am here to just not box myself in too much um but again i had to identify who i was in this space because i i tend to cross over you know i'm I'm like a bookworm. I'm, you know, I like reading, you know, I like diversifying the mind books. and books. You want to know books? Okay. So no, no, the no, first I one book, that's only huh? one book. Only one book. You got one, you get a one book. This one? <laughs> that one? Whatever. It has to be this one. That's right. You know, what? No, no, maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe it's that one. No, I can't. Show the whole, show the whole damn thing. I mean, get the whole thing on the screen. We need the screenshot, you know? Come on. Yeah. So, yeah. I, look, how to finally stand out from the crowd, right? A lot of people we did that last night. Good. We out. Good. Okay, so I don't know if you know this, Tim, hmm. but a second location has opened for you guys. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I walked by it the other day. Yeah. So... Um, when you decide that you want to be on the show again, like what was, what was, what was your reasoning? What did you say? Like, Hey, like, I want to get this out. Like, what was the, I want to tell the world about this type of thing. Or did you just want to hang out with the two coolest people, you know, on the internet? <laughs> actually, Lionel was like, Hey, um, I was, I was actually invited. To Lionel, Lionel mentioned it. He was like, Hey, you want to be on a podcast on the first? I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then he told me, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been on there before. Cool, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So um, it was, I guess it was a middleman. But I don't know. So this year, I have been thinking about my stance in business. And over the last year, maybe two years, I realized that I've been collecting a lot of data about my business. And so I've been really tapping into this business psychology. 
um, as it pertains to the workplace and um, growing and, you know, who who I want to grow into for my business. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's for the for the new listeners. Just talk about your business for 10 seconds. What, what is it you're doing? Sure. So I own Culture Vegan Joint. It is a. Zach, what are you doing? He's counting you down 10 seconds. 10 seconds. That was your yeah. 10 seconds. <gasps> we'll I own Joint. We have two locations now. One in Virginia Beach, one in Norfolk. Um, the one in Norfolk is our satellite location inside of Selden Market. Um, currently, it is an incubator market where businesses who are either mentor businesses or businesses who are just starting can come in at a lower rate um, and be able to grow their business. I heard yeah. uh, heard great things about the vegan bacon yesterday. Oh, the coconut bacon? Is that what it is? Some of, uh, yeah, some of it was... Uh, we well, talked about that last time, Tim, and you wanted nothing to do with it. No, but but I was just saying, though, last night, uh, Paul Noldy was like, uh, dude, that that bacon is, is, like, amazing. Hold on, let me... Wait, okay, at my location, not the bacon that was there yesterday. No, yeah, at your location, yeah. Okay, because I was going to say there was bacon there yesterday, but it was not my bacon. That was Kip's bacon. <laughs> nope, it your really, bacon. It, it was meat-based bacon? That was, yeah, pork-based bacon. I had the I had the little potatoes without the bacon, but yes, they had pork-based bacon. Um, so we have been in business for six years now, going on six years, and um, we have really become a... Um, I wouldn't say household name just yet. I won't. I won't be that egotistical about my business. But we have reached many households, um, and we really focus on being creative, um, really bringing out the exotic in people. We hone in a lot on giving our employees opportunities to grow and um, and also offer things that they may have that they want to expose to the world as well, whether it's a product or maybe they want to feature an item, a food item, and we test it out and see how it does. So we um, we are really focused on like the organizational side of it, as well as like presenting well to customers and um, just kind of being a space where people can come and try plant-based, but there's no pressure to become plant-based or vegan. You are there because you want to experience a vibe, you want to eat good food, and you want to support an establishment that loves their community. So um, we do a pay-what-you-can menu every third Saturday mm -hmm. where we offer an opportunity for people to come in, try out a whole menu that's, that's not our regular menu, um, and they get to pay as little as $3 for each item. So that's our give back to the community. People either save the money or they pay it forward for someone else to be able to afford it. Can I ask you a question about money? Sure. And and food? Okay. Yeah. I know that you're not the biggest joint. And what I mean by that is like you're not buying at insane uh, at insane numbers and quantity and scale and stuff like that. Right. But when you look at some of these restaurants – and the, the prices that they're now charging for certain things is where is the majority of that markup coming from? Because like I was talking to chef Chris Hill the other day about, he brought up five guys or something like that. And I was like, it's crazy that if you want to go to five guys for two people, it's about $40. 
And I came to the conclusion it was about maybe $4 worth of food for that. Because you got your bag of fries, which is going to call, which is like 10 cents worth of potatoes at that scale. And then maybe $3 for a fully loaded crazy cheeseburger, right? So to have a markup of $36 in that case, like where, where are these numbers coming from? Why is it so ridiculous? Is it... Just what are your general thoughts on that? Maybe I'm wrong on the five guys price, but I had a guy who's run restaurants agree with me. So I'm assuming I'm 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 right on that. Like it just seems like are they just saying F you to the customer? Like where why are those numbers so ridiculous? I saw a Taco Bell ad the other day that said now it's a three dollar, you know, less than three dollar menu. And I'm like, okay, like this used to be a dollar, now we're three X that. Like mm-hmm. is this just the new world? Like, why is it like this? Where what are your thoughts? So depending on where the business started out pre-pandemic, and this is just my philosophy, I'm not backing it up with any hard facts, but all observation research on my end. Um, But however, wherever they were pre-pandemic, and then let's say, let's say their margins, let's say five guys margins were, I don't know, maybe at, you know, 30%, 40%. Like, you know, whatever their margins were. I'm just throwing numbers out there. Um, and whatever their whatever their bottom line, um, whatever that went up to or wherever that went to during the pandemic, they didn't, they did, they were not going to sacrifice the, the crazy profit they were already making with their margins. They were not going to adjust that for the purpose of like, saving the customer money, right? So they already had some crazy good margins or whatever. We're already making a lot of money. And if they're the bottom line or whatever it costs to make that product, if it was going up for everyone else, then it was their reason to go up as well. Even if they did have room in their margins to not go up, they don't care about that. That's not their goal is to, you know, so, and if the, and if the, if it's trending that, that everybody else is doing it, so then so can I, right? For us, yes, we went up on our prices, but we did keep it at you know at a very um, at a at a level where it's like we know this is still affordable for people, and and we're gonna have to go up because our bottom line is severely affected. But it's not just the bottom line that went up during the pandemic. Guess what else was going up? wages right like now they're telling us that we have to pay and not granted it's the restaurant industry so we can you know shift how we pay our employees but if you want to be a good employer then you need to make sure that your people are actually you know taken care of because that was an industry that suffered a lot during the pandemic so is it less less food more wages is what you're getting at you think well i would say yeah i would say that um it's it's more of the overhead cost that were really going through the roof because mm-hmm. even, you know, for us, we ended up having to take our wages. You know, I think it started at like the minimum was like 11, then it went up to 13. And then now it's at, I don't know, I haven't done the, you know, whatever I gave, I gave all my people a raise anyway. But, um, but <clears throat> establishments weren't willing to sacrifice going up on wages if they did have to, they were going to raise the prices, and that was that was going to be a cost for the customer. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to say that um, that 
overhead, everything just flew through the roof. And again, if your wages, if your margins were already good and, and you were okay with that, then you're not going to make less money because That's they're right. inflating your bottom line. You're going to move with that, you know, move with that inflation so you can keep your profits high. Yeah. And I think to that point, like people continue to pay. No one's really pushing back yet. And uh, as long as people are continuing to pay and not push back, then I think the boundaries will continue to get pushed. Well, I remember when they were doing those daily press conferences, they said, uh, you know, food was essential. And that 45% of Virginians, which all three of us are, were eating out every day. Or 45% of meals a day were eaten, you know, at restaurants a day. And so that doesn't surprise me that people aren't doing it. I feel like they feel like they have to, I guess. Well, when your grocery bill is as much as your restaurant bill, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. It's. I'm all about people making money. I'm not saying that. It just seems like... Uh, Seems a little wild, you know. Some so. places are taking advantage, and then other places are, you know, because you think about like the places that are gourmet or like super gourmet, they're very, you know, kitschy, whatever. Um, they are the places that are like, well, I have a brand to uphold, I have, you know, a certain like, sure. you know, value that I want to place on my product and my establishment. And so this is what I have to do in order to keep that value there. And it's, a, again, it's a psychological thing, right? And it's, 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 a psych, it's, it's all a hack of the mind. It's like if, if I go up on my prices, then my customer will think that I have to maintain, like my value is, 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 is higher than the competitions. And people are very health-focused and they're very on – you know, well, what's what's the best product that I should put in my body right now or that or that I should put on my body or that I should, you know, use for my home or whatever cleaning products and things like that. People are very health focused right now. So they're willing to buy, um, you know, that five dollar all purpose cleaning solution that has vinegar and water in it. Versus the, you know, the Clorox jam that has all these chemicals in it for two bucks. It's the psychology. Zach, Zach skimps out uh, nothing on cleanliness. Good. <laughs> I, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not a proponent of buying these all natural products. I do. I don't buy the chemicals because I feel, I feel like if it's cheap, but here's the other part, right? Is I could also make them at home, but I don't. So I just go buy that price. I just pay that price. I am, I am a victim of the psychology of the price and the product and the value formula that they have in place. I think I touched a door yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you weren't at the, at the event yesterday. You yeah. And then you, you immediately uh, hit the, uh, the hand exactly. sanitizer. <laughs> I have, I have been doing that too. I mean, I wipe all the carts off. Even if I wipe them off, I still wash my hands when I leave the store. I told the girl the other day, she touched my money and then she's about to make my drink. And I said, can you wash your hands first? 
She, was she good? Was she she complying? She was okay with it? She like at first she was surprised I asked or that I was even paying attention. And she was like, oh, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah, that's no problem. I'm pretty sure that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, it for is sure. what you're supposed to do. I tell my I tell my employees, you go to the bathroom, you wash your hands in the bathroom, you come out the bathroom, you go wash your hands at the wash thing too. Well, I because appreciate that. Not everybody, not everybody opens the doorknob with the paper towel. I get it. Um, oh, I had something good that I was going to say. <laughs> Did I hit all your guys' points, though? Oh, you yeah. know, you, can, you know what's crazy, though? Like, when people are, like, chewing gum and making your food, you're like, mm, that's not that's not legal. Yeah, no. No chewing gum in the workroom. Not around food. Because you, you, you got people that smack, you know, their lips are too big, mm. so they can't close them all the way. And so you got... Man, why- why are you talking about people's lips like that? You got it. What? I'm just saying you can't close your lips all the way, you know, whatever. I'm just saying I've seen things and I observe and I'm just like, hey, mm. your, teeth are, your teeth are already too big for your mouth. You already have a surplus of spit going on. Now it's going to my food. I'm not like, like I, you gotta, you gotta fix that. You, 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 oh, there's certain things wow. that you can do that I, that you, that, yeah. So that's, that's just how I feel about it. I was how glad that I saw I'm just glad I saw Zach yesterday. After this conversation, it might be a while before Zach leaves the house again. People, how how often are you people watching like that? Because I mean, it sounds like you're part of like the people watching team. Oh, all day. I'm I'm one of those people where I'm talking and observing at the same time. So people think I'm not paying attention, and I'm like, oh yeah, but and please don't. You said something earlier, Zach, that I wanted to kind of touch on. You said um, that there's a lot of businesses that we don't know exist. And you were like, it's nice to put everybody in this, you know, in this space together and work or whatever. And there's this quote that my mom used to say growing up when she was talking about paying her bills. She used to say, as long as I owe you, you'll never be broke. (laughs) And, And I was thinking about how... And I don't even know how good that quote is or not. I felt like it was more, it was more just like, I don't want to pay this. I don't want to do this. Like, let me just, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to pay you back your money. You'll get it when you get it, you know, whatever. But, um, but if you turn it around in the positive, right, there's opportunity there to kind of pull these businesses out so that they can get their owenses, you know, and, and their hard work and kind of get, you know, be paid off. So I just wanted to. Well, I don't. Well, Tim, Tim and I, I believe, talked about this yesterday slightly. And I've, I've like, it's hard to put a number or like a, a goal around certain things that you're not controlling. Right. And what I mean by that is like regions will say, oh, we want to do this thing. And it's like, OK, but you're not the person running that business. So it's very right. difficult for you to set goals for a thing, for a for a business when you're just the city that it lives in. So you really have to just think about, okay, what kind of conditions can we put, you know, this type of thing in? It may maybe there's a way that we can, you know, strategize to get all of them in a in a in a room together like last night or something like that. Like things like that. So like my whole thing is always it's hard to come up with goals that you have no real say in and can't really do much to do to fix. And so it's, it's, I think every region in the world probably has that problem because they think, Oh, we want to be this, but it's like, yeah, well, I mean, you really can't 
you don't control that because you're not you know it's like you know love if you want to if you want to open five locations and someone's like well i really want her to open five locations it has nothing to do with whoever said that it has to be you you own the business it's right. it's, it's your decision right and so right. if you want to expand and become this huge thing that's your decision no one else's you know other than partners in the business and so it's mm -hmm. it's um it's something interesting but to well just go back to what you were saying yeah so like it's it's putting people in the room and mm -hmm. and and trying to to figure out that aspect i think it's it's challenging because i think people want a more prosperous area but it's like it's a difficult thing for the people raising their hands and and saying the things well like tim said earlier is he felt kind of out of place right because so many like it, he's usually around tech people and he was you know so we have to crack people's shells and put them in spaces where they can see themselves and then also see differences so that they can come out of that shell. So there was a guy who was in, you know, in my breakouts and he was like, I'm a super, like, and you could tell in his body language, he's like, I'm a super introvert. I talked myself into coming here. It took a lot. Really? And, but if he hadn't have come, he wouldn't have been able to break through that, you know, that yep. primordial shell. Yeah, it was, a, it, yeah, it was super low threat. And it, yeah, it was a great thing. And I, I certainly, uh, I was, I was comfortable. I was, I was not, I would definitely was not uncomfortable. It was just, it was just something that, um, for me anyway, that I just haven't been in a room that I had typically, I've just been running around in the same circles, I guess, for so long that, uh, it was nice to be in a different circle and everyone, yeah, everyone was super welcoming and, uh, yeah, it was good stuff. Low yeah. threat. I've never heard that line. That's interesting. I like that. I like that low threat. It it really was a low threat environment. I mean, people people gravitated to people who they didn't even know because yeah. it just felt so right. It it felt really right. I mean, I, I, you know, they say typically in networking environments you gravitate to the people that you know, and of course that happened. But then there was like also a knowingness that you had with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was the leaders of that of that space who made it feel like you can, you know, and again, leadership, that leadership component is important. You know, you need the leaders of the comp of, of whatever organization, company, you need those leaders to have a understanding of people. Well, when you think of net, when you think of networking, right, a networking event. So on the surface, that's what last night was, right? I know that it, like, to a lot of people, that's probably what it was, right? This is a networking event, right? Yes, there are workshops and and, and other aspects of it, but ultimately, it's people coming together that you don't know. Mm -hmm. Number one, people are are um, afraid to get out in a lot of cases, right? There's the oh, I'm going to have to give my like little elevator pitch. Right. And then what I know historically of networking events is this thing where a bunch of suits are there. It's uncomfortable. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to go up to someone. And so that can be a very challenging situation for people to go to just for some of those little like aspects that I just mentioned. And it's like, well, getting letting them realize that, hey, not every 
networking event is what you think is is a hurdle to get over, even if you are introverted or extroverted. I want to like, I want to kind of bounce off of that and I'm going to go a little bit left field, but Ooh, I'm, not, I'm not even going to talk about politics in like, in like, in that manner. This but, is a no politics show. Yeah, no, we won't talk about politics, but I will, I just want to mention, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about how um, Donald Trump has disrupted the political system so much that the people who want to be as fancy with their political language and all that, you know, mumbo jumbo that used to exist, you can't even go back to that anymore. Like it's been disrupted at such a high, high rate that you, you, you might as well just grab a beer and have your debate right in front of the camera. You know what I mean? Because you, you know, and so I think that's the culture that we're in just in general Right. Like even yesterday, the host, we were all on the panel. We, we had our beers. We had our our waters, our seltzer water, you know, our, our you know, our sparkling waters. We had our wine. We, you know, had our books. We had, you know, like our phones like we it was so casual. The culture was just like it was just different. Right. And so you when you have that experience, it's hard to go back. Because yeah. it's already been disrupted. That clean suit, you know, that, oh, man, like, I can't wait to take this fucking bra off. You know, like, I'm already, I already took one clasp off. I can't wait to get in my car and take the other one off. Like, we're sick, like, you know what I mean? Like, goddamn, these boxers are tight today. You know, like, we, we, like, we're, we're done with the discomfort. Like, we're freeballing it now. You know, we, we don't. You know, and that that look is cool and that, you know, that experience is nice sometimes when you want to get, you know, get into a certain mode. But for people who don't necessarily want that for their lives, there are spaces now that are curated for those experiences. And I know people who won't step into environments that don't fit who they, who you know, their identity. And so <laughs> I like that. So there are, you know, and, and that's okay. I think that that's so needed and we can't go back. It's hard. We've busted this bubble of feeling like we need to, you know, to curate our identity based on certain standards. And we don't have to do that shit anymore. And it's okay. We don't want to. Well, it was, it was going strong when I left. What Did you shut it down last night? We were we were there. So we got kicked out. Kello had to had to like do the whole. Everybody has to go. It's after nine. And there was a couple of other you know heavy voices in the room that were like, "Y'all get the fuck out of here. It's time to go." <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. I mean, people were still trying. People were still like bumping in the into the door to try to you know stay in their one on one situation and conversation. It was it was phenomenal. I even saw people standing outside of assembly, you know, talking after after they already locked us out. I'm sure there was an after party. I heard there was an after party. I was at only you at the veil. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Where's that? Have y'all been there? Only you? I was no, I was getting the, I was getting the scoop uh last night about it. I had never been. Where is it? 
It's uh, in the Vale Brewing Company. Uh, it's upstairs. Uh, Colonial. Where's Vale? Colonial yeah. Avenue, Norfolk. It's a railroad district, right? Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a really, it's a, so inside of a brewery, um, it's like a bar upstairs. Um, my friend Keegan is actually one of the bartenders. She's actually one of the, I think she's like a partner with the guy who owns it. Um, it's a really cool space. It's really cool. It's around, I think it's around 21st. If, yeah, uh, 21st and Colonial. It's like 23rd and Colonial or something like that. It's right after the railroad tracks when you're on Colonial. Past Yorgos, uh, right okay, near. That's, they used the Norfolk Chop House used to be in that building. Loved that place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There so go. there you go. New spot. Dinner day. Or day so what's, day. What's 24 looking like? For you, love. What's uh, what, you got big plans? So I am moving into this like con more consulting space. I, um, of course, am building somewhat of a loose exit plan, um, just to mastermind some other things as it pertains to culture. Um, but yeah, this year I want to do more business consulting. Uh, at some point I want to look into a program to get my master's in business psychology and yeah, just, I'm just going to kind of let the wind take me in that direction and we'll see what happens from there. Culture. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Uh, the whole business psychology aspect is, is super interesting. Mm -hmm. What, uh, is there any, is any particular thing guiding you in that direction, um, uh, that is drawing you that way? Yeah. So organizational psychology, how companies are having to hire and create a culture around our current workforce and how they're going to do that with so many entrepreneurial minds. Um, also, I'm interested in like traditional branding and nostalgic branding and um, how people relate to different colors and you know, the psychology all around that, customer service, all those things are like super intriguing for me. Um, and really developing a program for emerging entrepreneurs to, to be able to have opportunities to own franchises um, for a certain period of time so they can know whether or not it's for them or if they want to continue to journey into spaces where they can learn and gain that. So, um, so yeah, that's like the, I just, I want to build like a whole, you know, um, personal development plan around just learning more about the psychology of business and um, how I can improve culture based on that as well. I mean, you can make the argument that business psychology, the psychology behind the business is the single most important thing in a business. It is. So I, I yeah. I mean, because you have to convince someone to do all these things, convince, you know, but it's, there's so much to it and it's, it's, you know, the story behind it. There, there's just so much. It's, it's, it's a powerful thing. It's the most powerful thing. Yeah. And I can say that the back end of culture definitely needs a lot of work because I've been just learning and learning and learning and learning and just kind of letting things like letting things See how, seeing how things kind of flow um, before I make any changes. Cause I, I think the worst thing you can do is continue to try to like make change little things 
so often that eventually um, you lose trust in the process because you're trying so many different things. Um, of course, I believe in trial and error, but like, like for example, sell the market location right now, I have to make some adjustments in order for our, you know, our, um, our business model to work there. And I had to sit in this for a little bit, like, man, I, I wonder if this is like my biggest failure yet is that I couldn't even successfully execute a second location the way I wanted it to. And I had to be honest with myself. And so it's like, okay, cool. This is something that I probably need to develop a little bit differently, but it has to be able to still fit into the, the current model that exists. So it can't just be like, oh, I'm shifting these things. And, but now I have to buy a whole new menu's worth, or I have to do a whole new process for this because now that falls on my first location. So it's like so many things I have to consider. And then the downtown is just a beast. Like, you know, people, like I have to learn this whole new customer base. Cause they're like, oh, it doesn't take five minutes. Okay. Bye. Going to the next, you know, like, it's just not, it's not the same customer as the Virginia Beach location. So now I have to understand market research on these different areas that I'm scaling my business into. And does it fit? Am I going to go into another downtown location in the future where we can't be as personable or we can't have people come in and um, we can't run events the way we want to? We can't. So I have to think about these things. Like, is that in the trajectory of my business? The only thing I can recall about what you're saying is I, I can't remember who told me this, but they were like, we are a one turn lunch, a one turn dinner, which means like you get the, they, they're not doing like two, three turns where there's a bunch of people waiting outside. And so mm -hmm. that, um, that is an interesting kind of thought is that, okay, you're never really at capacity. And that was what they had said about downtown at that point, which is, you know, it is what it is, but it's, it's just interesting to to think about that and be like, okay, like, you know, we're a one turn thing. How can we make that work in the way that we, we want it to, you know, is speed something, you know, okay. So people want 30 minutes or less, you know, get to the location, get my meal, eat it and get back to my office. Cause I only have a 30 minute lunch break type of thing. You know, those are all little things to that you're gonna have to figure out. And and maybe the answer isn't that you were a failure in, in this location. It's that you realize that, hey, downtowns that have this type of, you know, demographic demographic aren't for us. And here's why, because we do it like this and we need all these other things. And so right. I don't even know that I, I, it's just, okay, you explored it. It didn't work. And here's sure. why, you know, if you're gonna go to another downtown as you expand, you know, make sure that downtown has, several layers to it that match mm -hmm. more of what you've done at your other location because you've expanded from, you know, small little back of the room to, you know, uh, you know, your own location to a second location. So there, there you, you've taken risk and, and, and expanded over, over the years. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't just immediately jump and say, Hey, like this isn't working. It's like, well, maybe I knew it wasn't going to work and maybe it is, maybe it still will work to the way that you want it to. It's just, you got to figure out how to, have the quick and easy mode. Right. Right. And we, we do have an efficient like system for preparing, but it's the interactions and it's mm -hmm. the, it's, we, we can only as personable. And we, we, you know, we, we really weren't off of a personable model. And so, yeah. Um, but it's something that it's, a, it's the kind of challenge that I need 
to know what my business, you know, how I'm going to how I'm going to set boundaries for where my business needs to be in order for me to feel fulfilled about growing. Who do you where, where do you turn to for your sounding board to uh, talk things out and and seek advice? Where where, where do you turn to? Yeah, I have um, a few mentors, and then also I um, have like a bunch of people in the business, so friends in business, who we bounce ideas off of each other, or you know, we talk about different market trends that are happening. So I have some people. Um, yeah. yeah. What's something we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Huh? What haven't? Oh, books. Books. By the way, I dig that you are not wearing the same earring on both ears. <laughs> I just want to make that point. I'm yeah. That. Yeah, I'm different on both sides. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, books, right? Like, I've been like I have like maybe there's one book that's not here that I dare show to the world. Um, oh. But I have four different perspectives here, like three different perspectives here in front of me, um, but four different perspectives total that I'm currently reading. And the reason being is because um, at any given time, I need to know how to shift my trajectory or shift my mindset to make sure that, um, you know, I'm always level-headed as much as possible. Um, and sometimes that doesn't happen all the time. Um, especially if, you know, I'm ha I'm going through biological things or, you know, if maybe there's, there's, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit more on edge or I've had a little less sleep or whatever. But one thing that I always try to do is just be a constant, um, it, it just be constant, right? Um, and always know what is what metacognition, right? Zach, metacognition. Word of the day. That's the word of the day. So the art of focus. Um, Goranga Das. <laughs> I hope I said that right. But the reason why I got this book um, and started reading this, and it actually popped up on my. I don't know if I can see that, but it popped up on my bookshelf. And I was like, somewhere along the line, I got it. And I started reading it. It was my bathtub time where I started reading this book. And I was like, you know what? Um, I have been trying to figure out this whole ADHD, you know, information. And I'm trying not to consume all these titles and, you know, whatever. But I realized that I do have octopus arms. And so to help me kind of hone in and understand myself a little bit better, um, I got this book to help me understand my focus and understand the mindset around doing things. And so one thing that I have incorporated over the last two years is always having a breaking point um, in my day where I can just chill, where I don't have to think about anything or anybody. I can just chill. And so that's the art of focus. Um, the hard thing about hard things this book right here, um, oh my gosh, this this helps me understand organizational leadership. Like I'm brushing my teeth thinking about things that this guy has said in his book, right? Like, you know, like I, managers and people, you know, 
close friends that he's had to fire in order to help his organization grow or, you know, just nuggets of information that like are transformative for, for the mind. Right. And just understanding, okay, these are the sacrifices that I'm going to have to make for my business to grow, especially the stagnant parts of my business. And so hard thing about hard things, this shit is good. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I actually got this from a um, cohort that I was in. Um, and, uh, I, they had like, they had us flipping through the book in all these different areas. And I was like, I'm not doing all that. I want to read this book from the beginning to the end. I don't want to run past a part that I already read. (laughs) You know, I want to, I want to read that book from the beginning to the end. So, um, I am like almost to the middle. I just kind of pick it up. It's one of those reads that you don't really miss out too much. Um, if you don't read it every day or whatever if you just pick it up you can you can almost remember exactly what he was talking about before because the information is just that profound and then of course um i started this book like some years ago when i first got it i have not finished it i'm sorry that i just i wasn't i wasn't there that's fine. I, I think you, you reading books at the right time is an important thing. And I won't ask yeah. you what the password is, so you because you won't you won't know it. But you know that's the it's important to know what the password is. Well, there's a password in it to make sure that people that say that they read the book, I can say. Yep. I haven't gotten the there. Haven't but gotten is there it on yet. Google? What do you mean? It's on Google. You Google what's the God? I hope someone hasn't told told the world what this. That was really wrong. Yeah, but no, I have um, not. But crazy part is, is I keep picking this book up and I'm like, okay, I have two business. That would make me have this book and this book, which I feel like I don't want to read both of them at the same time. So I'm going to finish this one and then I'm going to finish this one. Right. Because I know you, Zach. I know you. And one thing I really admire, a lot of things I really admire about you, but one thing I really admire about you is you are a fucking anomaly. Like I'm, I like want to stand in conversation with you and talk to you. And you're like, I got to fucking go, yo. Like I got you to do, you know? And it's like, damn, Zach, can I just get five more minutes of your time? And you're like, nope. Boundary set. Like you just have a really, um, a really strong hold on yourself. Um, And that's something that I feel like a lot of people are still trying to tackle. And some of us don't get to that until we're up in age and we're like, oh, okay. I finally gotten my gold medal to, tell you people to fuck off like you know but you got that early on and that's really admirable well thank you too true too that's true. where that's where we'll end that's where we'll end the show <laughs> <laughs> appreciate your time and uh i'll give you five minutes sometime soon love and uh tim good to see you thanks for yep. watching love Download, thanks so subscribe. much tell your friends peace peace guys Later. thank you